The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Gobby and welcome to What's Gobby Cooking in the Wild. We got a little bit of a facelift. If you're new here, I'm Gobby. I'm the founder of What's Gobby Cooking, a best-selling author and now a podcast host. What's Gobby Cooking in the Wild, which is the latest version of my podcast, is your one-stop shop for all your food and cooking questions. We'll be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together meals based on what's in your pantry and more. I'm also going to be interviewing some incredible people and highlighting super cool small companies from the food world. So let's get right into it. This is What's Gobby Cooking in the Wild. Hi, guys. Happy Monday. I hope everyone had a fantastic weekend. Thank you for all your feedback on last week's podcast with Thomas. He had a great time and we loved hearing from all of you guys. It was really cool to hear actually from a lot of guys whose wives, I guess, probably listened to the podcast and listened to his episode and really enjoyed it. So thank you for that. Today, we have a bunch of questions coming down the pipeline. And then later on in the pod, I have a very special guest who you guys will love. She is an absolute doll. So let's just get right into it, shall we? Let's do it. Hey, Gabby. It's Haley calling from West Virginia. I love your podcast. I've been looking for a great foodie podcast for a while, and I just love yours. So thanks so much for doing this. My question is about all-clad cookware. So I consider myself a cooking enthusiast. I love my Le Creuset pieces. I have several Cuisinart pieces that always get the job done. But everybody seems to just rave about all clad in an apartment after college one of my roommates had a set and it just seemed like every time we used the cookware everything stuck to it no matter what we cooked so I just don't feel like I was using it right and always wonder why people loved it so much hi Haley great question (laughs) my dad keeps telling me to stop saying great question after he listens to the podcast he's like you say it after every question Gabby they're obviously great question that's why you picked them Anyways, let's talk about Allclad. So Allclad is my cookware of choice. I'm obsessed with it. I use that. I use Le Creuset. And then I have a Lodge cast iron skillet that I use exclusively those three brands for the most part. I think a lot of it is personal preference. As far as things sticking, I don't have a problem with things sticking to my Allclad. Really, I think a lot of that has to do with if I try and flip something too quickly or I'm not using enough olive oil or butter. So I think that's really important to use some sort of fat so it like has like a layer of something in there to like let the food cook and then you can flip it once it's cooked. But that's just something to keep in mind. If something's not flipping easily and it's sticking, it's probably not ready to flip yet. Same thing when you're on the barbecue, same thing when you're in a big Dutch oven. You really want it to let you want to let it get that like really crispy crust and then flip it. That's where all the flavor is gonna be. It's gonna really develop. It's gonna be the most delicious. But at that same, like at that same thought, I think it's totally, you know, user preference. If you love your other brands, go for it. The cookware is important. I think it does help, but you don't need a billion different things to be a great cook in the kitchen. You need like a solid pot, a solid pan, a really good chef's knife, and you're going to be just fine. Hey, Gabby, it's Brittany from California. I have a really strange question for you. Imitation crab. What is it? Is it healthy for you? I know a lot of us are on a budget right now. We can't afford real crab, but I've been seeing imitation crab all over. So I did some Googling. I saw it's made out of like ground up fish. I guess it's like the hot dog of the sea, but do you like it? How would you prepare it? Is it safe to eat? Let me know what you think. 
Thank you. Love your book. Love your whole site. Love you. Hope you're staying safe. Hi, Brittany. Oh, imitation crab. Let's get into it. You are correct. Crab sticks, crab, like imitation crab meat, seafood sticks. They're basically just pulverized white fish like pressed into whatever form it needs to be in. If you go to just like a very casual sushi restaurant, sometimes they will use this in their California rolls. It's not my favorite only because it doesn't have that much flavor and it's not like a great quality fish. So at the same token, like who's buying crab right now? Like I would love to get a big ass thing, a king crab from Costco, but like, no. That's just not reasonable. So I think if you want something that's like similar to crab without spending the money on it, we've been using fish. Sometimes the grocery store will have like lump crab meat that's, you know, on sale or something if it's crab season. I tend to just prefer to stick to the real stuff. I think it's healthier for you. It's like less processed. And I think you can achieve the same like delicious buttery flavor using other things. Like if you use the shrimp or if you use halibut and you stuff that into a sushi roll or something like that. Way more delicious than the imitation crab meat. Hey, Gabby, this is Megan and I'm calling from Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm a big fan of yours and I'm especially loving all of the new content. So lately, my husband and I have been experimenting with making our own homemade kimchi. And I'm super excited because it actually seems like it's turning out pretty well so far. But now we've got more than a gallon of it in our fridge for a two-person household. So I'm wondering if you've got some recipe ideas for me. We're thinking like lots of rice bowls, but I'd love your ideas to get some variety. Also, since kimchi has such a strong flavor, I'm not really sure what other ingredients would pair best with it. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that too. Thanks. Bye. Hi, Megan. Um, Can you send me some of that kimchi? That sounds delicious. A gallon of kimchi is aggressive and honestly, I'm jealous. So as far as kimchi goes, there are a couple recipes on my website. There's a kimchi fried rice and then there's a Korean meatball rice bowl that has a kimchi vinaigrette on it. So those are two of my like most favorite ways to use it. The kimchi vinaigrette for everyone listening is ridiculous. You basically just use the kimchi brine, a little rice wine vinegar, some of the actual kimchi, like the chunks, soy sauce, sesame oil, a little neutral oil, and some other things. You can look it up. I'll link to it in my show notes. Amazing. And it goes really well on any kind of vegetable, any kind of protein, or any kind of salad or grain bowl. So I actually make a big batch of that when I have kimchi in the fridge and keep it on hand for about a week or two. And then obviously kimchi fried rice is amazing. I would also say you could probably bottle some of that up and gift it to people if you want. Another thing you could do is incorporate some of that into like a whipped feta dip. You could make kimchi pancakes. You could put it into like an udon noodle. Like I just posted um, a vegetarian like udon situation on the blog a couple weeks ago, which I will again link in the show notes. You could just fold it into that. Any sort of dish that would like benefit from like a punch of flavor and that kind of like vinegary brininess would be amazing. But my favorite is like fried rice or fried grains, something like that. Those are my favorite. And I'm recording this at 8.50 in the morning and now I want kimchi. So I blame you. Hi, Gabby. This is Jessica from Wisconsin. I'm from rural Wisconsin and I probably not a common issue out on the West Coast, but I deal with a lot of wild game. My boyfriend's a big hunter and I just kind of want a way to make wild game less gamey. Some obviously are more gamey than others and kind of make it kind of like a more light, fresh type of situation rather than like roast and stuff. Specifically venison, I deal with a lot of venison and not necessarily like ground venison or sausage, like backstraps and dough butt <laughs> and goose. 
I don't know if you've ever dealt with goose. It's by no means a delicacy, but like the, the main thing people do with it is at least my area is making a jerky and I'm just sick of goose jerky. And it, although it looks like, you know, a ribeye, it's no ribeye of the sky. I do not love goose. I'd love to know how to deal with some wild game more. And then a couple episodes ago on your podcast, uh, you recommended a marinade with the gold tequila. Love the idea. Just actually obsessed with the idea of jarring it and giving it for gifts. And I would love some more ideas and other marinades to do that with, as well as, you know, what's the lifespan of that marinade? Do I need to tell the gift receiver to um, put it in the refrigerator or when to use it? Hi, Jessica. Oh my gosh. Okay. So let's talk about game. It's been a minute since I've made game. We haven't really, I didn't really experiment with it outside of culinary school um, just because it's not something that's readily available for me. I have a friend, his name's Hank. Brand is called Hunter Angler Gardener Cook. His website is honest-food.net. He has an incredible amount of game recipes. So A, check him out. He's amazing. Two, what we learned in culinary school and what I've taken for any sort of like really gamey or like beefy meat, like I say beefy, not like beef, but like just like rich gamey beef. You know what I mean? I always think it helps to have like some sort of bright light vinaigrette or something that goes on top of it. So if you're using venison, cook it on the grill and then throw it into a chop it up, throw it in taco with like a really bright salsa or something like that. I think that helps mellow out the flavor from the game and also like just bring in additional flavors that are going to make it a little bit brighter and lighter and delicious. But Hank has incredible recipes on his site. He has something I saw recently where these Dan Dan noodles that are like right on his homepage. I don't know if they'll still be there in a couple of days when you guys are listening to this, but they look bomb. He also has a bunch of books. So check him out. He's rad. If you are into the game world, I do not think you'll be disappointed. Okay, that's it for this week's questions. I want to introduce you to one of my dear friends, Rachel DeVoe. She is based up in Seattle. She has a website and an Instagram called Rachel's Good Eats. She is just like a health and wellness fitness expert. She's a registered dietitian. She's a certified personal trainer. She has epic Insta Live workouts twice a week. And she is just the cutest thing in the entire world. And she also just launched a matcha line. So we'll get into the matcha in a little bit. But Without further ado, this is Rachel. Hi, Rachel. How are you? <laughs> I'm good, Gabby. I miss you. I miss you. We haven't seen each other. It's been over a year, like in real life. Like, yeah, like in real life. I did just have some scrambled eggs with your go-to seasoning on. We'll get into the matcha, but like, I feel like I'm basically spending every morning with you now as I have a, my matcha Aww. smoothie and it gives me a little bit of hope for the future. <laughs> I know. Same with same with literally all your products. Oh, uh, well, your I'm olive so, oils. No, this is about you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I want to get into all the stuff. I want to talk about the product launch, you, your brand, everything. But first, I want you to introduce yourself to everyone. Give us like a little bit of background about how you got started, how you started your website, your social channels, just the rundown. Okay, so my name is Rachel DeVoe slash Harlington. I haven't changed my name yet, <laughs> but I somewhat just got married in April and I'm from Washington. I went to Oregon State University, studied nutrition and dietetics. And that's when I started my food Instagram page, Rachel's Good Eats, when I was a senior in college, literally just as a way to stop I think annoying my friends and family with just photos of food all day. <laughs> like I, at that point I was posting like three to four times a day, not even kidding for two years straight. 
without yep. missing one one day. Wow. It was kind of crazy. <laughs> are those photos still there? Like if you scroll back far enough, are they still all there? Have you cleaned them out? I cleaned some of them out. I probably cleaned the majority of the horrible looking ones. Just Me too. What, so what was I thinking? You know, but in that time I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Like I just, I love presenting food and like making it really good looking, obviously, and just showing people that eating healthy can be easy and fun and just with a few ingredients. So I think my goal from day one was just sharing how simple it can be and accessible. So I've always put like the full recipe in all my Instagram captions. People these days, they're so quick to just, you know, get distracted or whatever. So I want it like right there instead of just head to my blog for the recipe, which I did create my website slash blog. I think it was a year after I started my Instagram page, just because it was kind of getting hard referencing people. Oh yeah, just scroll down on my feed for this recipe, you know, 10 rows down. So I wanted it to be like a little archive. But it is nice to have the easy access on Instagram when someone's just like making what you make that same day or the next day, it's easy to find it. Totally. So I wanted it in both places. So it started as a food page only. And then... I started finally showing my face on my Instagram page like a year later, I think. And then it started getting into more fitness. And now I feel like it's like an all-encompassing health and wellness brand. I've branched into health, fitness, food, more lifestyle, sharing more of like our daily lives, which is fun because I like, you know, you when you follow people, you want to know like more about just them, not just pictures of food. Yeah. It got boring to me seeing food every day on my page. So, well, and it's so fun. Like, I followed you way before we met, and it was so cool to see the day to day of what it looks like and where you're working out and all these different things. And then meeting you in real life, it's like, oh, there, you are exactly who you say you are. You know, like, I feel like a lot of people online put on a front or, you know, make things look cooler than they are, but like, you're just living your life and you're encompassing your entire brand. And I think that's super rad. Oh, I appreciate that. Thanks, Gabby. So I know being mindful and having balance is a big deal to you. I think it's a big deal for most people who are in the sort of health and wellness world. And Mm -hmm. I want you to talk to me a little bit about your, like your perspective on balance and wellness, and maybe talk about how like, do you believe in restricting yourself from eating certain things or is everything just kind of done in moderation? What's your vibe on that? Well, first and foremost, I think that everyone has their own health food journey. You know, like I went through my fair share of figuring it out. Growing up, I was always pretty active and did sports growing up. So it was always like an integral part of my lifestyle was to be physically active. But then I think in high school is when I started to like think about what I was eating I grew up not eating the healthiest whatsoever. (laughs) Like it's been a transition. Let me tell you that. Yeah. I think in college was when I started to like really try out different diets per se, just to see what was working for me. And I remember I probably did just a month of like counting macros and like learning how to do that. And it is wild. It is a whole different world. Like it is true what they say. Like you start cutting out even healthy foods like carrots because of the natural sugar content, you know, like, so it was, I mean, it didn't get like anything too crazy. I think I was able to realize what was happening before it kind of spiraled into something that it could have got to. Right. But I just figured out that wasn't for me. Like I truly am all about balance. Like if I want pizza, I've always said this, you can make healthier pizza with like simpler ingredients. You can make it at home, know exactly what you're putting in it. 
Same with burgers. Like I love burgers. I just make them myself at home or candy, like my Twix bars. They're freaking insane if you want to try them. I'm waiting to hear about the skillet, the skillet Uh, cookie. The cookie skillet. (laughs) I feel like that's my OG like dessert recipe that came from my page. I've it is. always it's so good. It is so I brought it. Remember, I brought it over for you and Thomas that one day. Yeah. And we <laughs> ate the entire skillet, the four of us like animals. <laughs> it was wild. And you were like, is this really gluten free, dairy free? It's shocking <laughs> because I'll be honest, there are so many people that develop gluten free, dairy free, all these different recipes. And they're not great. Like some of them taste like paper. And when you yeah. brought that over, I was like, oh, my God, this is phenomenal. And then you teamed up with a local ice cream shop in Seattle and like turned it into such a roaring ice cream sandwich cookie success. Oh, like it's so I cool. Know. Thank you. I mean, that's really what it's all about. Like you can enjoy the foods that you love and the desserts that you love, but just find healthier alternatives. Like there are so many options these days with just better ingredients using non-inflammatory oils, refined sugar-free, everything. So that's what I try to put out is more a positive mindset around healthy eating and factoring in exercise throughout your day and just making more conscious decisions about what you're feeling your body with. So all that said, good ingredients, all that kind of stuff. Let's talk about matcha because I am obsessed. So I'm very sensitive to caffeine. So like I would drink three matcha lattes a day, but I wouldn't sleep for like seven weeks. So if I have a matcha <laughs> smoothie or a latte, I have it at 7 a.m. So I can go to bed that okay, same Okay, really? Night. So I can have it like at 5 or 6 p.m. And so can Thomas. So can Thomas. Totally fine. I think different people are just like affected different ways. But you just launched your own matcha brand. And I want to hear all about your experience bringing it to market, how you found your partner, how many rounds of testing did you guys go through? Like, I want I want to hear the nitty gritty. (laughs) Okay, so I was a coffee drinker up until five years ago. Like I drank gallons and gallons to stay alive and awake in college. Wow. Americano with like three pumps of caramel. (laughs) And (laughs) that was me, like an iced Americano. I would drink so many of those, but then it started to become way too acidic for my stomach. Like I would get horrible stomach aches. It just wasn't worth it anymore to me. So then that's when I started hearing about matcha and I made the transition. There's so many benefits to it. It's packed with antioxidants as opposed to just green tea, you're getting actually the bulk of the benefits because matcha is ground up green tea leaves. So you're getting actually the powder form and not just like what you're steeping in water. Oh, interesting. Tons more antioxidants. And last year I met the founder of the Genius Brands and actually one of our best friends, Bridger's best man in our non-existent wedding this year, (laughs) Cameron, he works for the Genius Brand. And so We just became really good friends with them. And once we came on the same page of just realizing like we both value the same things and realized that what we fuel our bodies with is so important and it really has a huge effect on, you know, having our body function at its highest capacity. So we started brainstorming what we could bring to the market. And I'm like, well, I drink matcha literally every single day. Like I love it so much. It took me a while to, I think, become obsessed with it. Like, did you, when you first had it, did you love it? The first one I ever had, yeah. But then I had other kinds at different coffee shops and some were grassier than others. Some are smoother, some are sweeter. And what I love about matcha too is that it's just like a consistent 
buzz. Like you never totally. crash. Like I, like if I have a coffee, I will be like wired to a T for like an hour. And then I'll just be like comatose on the couch for two hours. <laughs> like it does. And I never experienced that with matcha. And I think it's so cool that you have a product that is a, so like on brand for you. Like mm-hmm. you see it in your images, you see it when you're talking, you drink it all the time on your stories. Like, I just think it was such a brilliant partnership. Oh my God. It's like a dream come true. You like you were saying, matcha is very, it's like a long lasting energy. It's calming, but it gives you like a steady focus throughout the day. And so once me and Genius Brand decided to come out with a matcha, which was literally last year around like September, I think it's taken so long just because of COVID kept pushing it back. But we went through dozens of rounds probably a dozen rounds of like samples and seeing like the balance, the ratio between the two adaptogens that we ended up using for it. Is that the lion's mane and the, yeah. Yes. So this is a organic ceremonial grade matcha sourced from Japan. And we also supercharged it with cordyceps and lion's mane mushrooms, which I feel like I have to clarify that lion's mane, we did not source from lion. (laughs) (laughs) like i feel like i have to say that because someone was genuinely concerned last week when i brought it up it's a type of mushroom it's a type of mushroom so it's it's like a white shaggy mushroom that like resembles a lion (laughs) and what is what is lion's mane and what is cordyceps what are those so they they are adaptogens which essentially they help our bodies better do with like internal stressors they're super beneficial and they're obviously trending right now you see them in like lots of products but i think they're here to stay just because they have so many benefits to it and i think depending on like what your symptoms are you can find one that works for you and lion's mane i think is kind of the king of mushrooms. It protects your brain. Studies show it can be preventive and even Alzheimer's disease. It reduces inflammation. Cordyceps is also a mushroom. It can boost performance and reduce inflammation as well. And so pairing the two together and with matcha, you get antioxidants and all the benefits from the adaptogen. So it's like a smooth, steady focus throughout the day. And I feel like you won't miss coffee if you make the switch. So what's your favorite way to have a matcha? I'm obsessed with an iced matcha. Even in the wintertime, I just love it's it. the best. And what kind of milk do you use? Coconut or almond. So mm, give yes. me like a quick rundown of how I make it. I like <laughs> to use the traditional way of using a whisk and a matcha bowl. So you just yep. put like half teaspoon to one teaspoon full of matcha powder in a bowl and you just pour like one to two ounces of hot water over the top give it a good whisk in like an M motion back and forth, like really quickly. And then once all of the, <laughs> once all the powder <laughs> clumps are dissolved, then you can either add more water or you can pour that little matcha mixture over the top of ice and your favorite milk. Yeah. Delicious. It's so delicious. And then I also add like a sprinkle of cinnamon. And if you like it sweeter or if you're just turning on a matcha, you've never tried it before, I recommend sweeten it up. So like yeah. start with, you know, like a splash of honey, little something, because sometimes people aren't always the fondest of the flavor, depending on what it is. But this one yeah. is so smooth. It's so smooth. It is so smooth. I can't even get over it. Like it's 
literally the best matcha I've ever had. Like we went through so many rounds of it. I wanted it to be perfect. And it's so good. When you were testing different samples, were you just like, would you do like multiple in a day, like back to back, just a couple sips of each? So you could tell like right back to back what it was you were looking for? I mean, I probably made like three at once one time and you can put them next to each other and like see the different colors. It's also important to find matcha that's like a pretty brighter green. But then when you do, so this one is mixed with the lion's mane and cordyceps and those are actually very dark powders. So that's why this one isn't as bright green as it was when we started with just the matcha powder. Right. Just the matcha would be bright green, but with adaptogens, you're a little... But it's still pretty green. It's beautiful. It's gorgeous. (laughs) It looks very good in my morning smoothie. I'm into it. Thanks, Gabby. (laughs) So matcha's on the market. What would you... Can you say what would be next or do you have other things in the works with the Genius brand? Honestly, this was such a long time coming and we had to jump over so many hurdles. So we have not even started discussing anything next. Well... I can't wait. The whole Rachel's Good Eats line is going to be lit one day. <laughs> one day. That makes sense. <laughs> You're young. You have so much time. You just got married in the middle of COVID. You guys like scratched your wedding plans, this like big, beautiful, crazy, incredible mm. wedding in Mexico and got married locally. Are you going to throw a party in Mexico next year? We are. We're going to do the exact same thing. We're going to do vows. We're gonna. I'm going to wear my dress that's sitting under my bed. We're going to do our rehearsal dinner. It's going to be the exact same thing. But I'm going to look at it as like a one-year anniversary party. (laughs) I think that's so rad. Did you get so many comments from other people who were supposed to get married this year? And just like, yeah, I feel like it's a real thing. People are bumming about it. And I kind of love your guys' attitude about it. Like you you looked at it with such a positive outlook. It took a while to get there, I will say. But like (laughs) leading up to our decision of having to move it or postpone it or cancel it, whatever you want to look at it as, it was so stressful. It was like an emotional roller coaster because COVID was just kind of spiraling at that point in March. And our wedding was supposed to be April 26th. So I'm like, can we squeeze it in? Like, will we be the last people that are able to go to Mexico? Like I was trying for it so hard. And then they closed the Mexican border at, I think, the end of March. And so that was kind of like, the it's not happening. So once we made the decision, you know, to move everything the following year, then it was like kind of a relief. You know, we didn't have to stress about it anymore. People weren't asking us about it anymore. Are you still going to have it? You know, like, what are you thinking? Sending us articles of what's happening. (laughs) It's a stressful time to be a COVID bride. Let me say that. After Mexico happens, where are you going to go on your honeymoon? Oh, I've been thinking about it every single day. <laughs> we were supposed to go to Greece. <gasps> Dreamy. I know. We were supposed to go to four, diff- four different islands. I follow all of the hotels we were going to stay at on Instagram. So I'm just like googly-eyed over everything that they're posting. Yeah. So it'll be the same thing next year. We're going to go Great. in May. Yeah. Amazing. Oh my God. Yeah. Have you been to Greece before? Never been. It's been my like bucket list. The food is going to blow your mind. It's just so clean and healthy and colorful and flavorful. And there's feta on everything. You know, I think Mediterranean might be my favorite. It is. And also like you just have a very Mediterranean vibe. Like you're tan, you're like, you have all these like beachy highlights in your hair. Like, I feel like you could totally live there. Well, that is the best compliment. Maybe I'll, I just won't come back <laughs> next year when we go. Honestly, we might meet you there. <laughs> well, I did tell Bridge we're going to stay for like double the amount of time because of what happened. 
<laughs> I accept that. And if you need someone to be there for a couple of days, I Please will. And then, and then we can set up shop and like open a, air, a B&B like on some remote island and just like catch fish and eat food. <laughs> Let's do that. I'm honestly down for that game. Let's do that. Okay. So I like to end the podcast with two things. One, a featured company, which you guys guessed it is obviously going to be Rachel's Matcha. We'll get into that oh. in a moment. But two, a rapid fire round of 10 questions. Oh my gosh. I've never done that. First thing that comes to me. These are like very hard hitting political. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what did you want to be when you were a kid? A veterinarian. What is your least favorite food? I think Italian, just because I can't have gluten and dairy. Fair. I can, I can support that. What's your go-to weeknight meal? Tacos. Mm, you make good tacos. Also, can we just take a moment to talk about your food styling? It's very good. Wow. That is like the highest compliment. You are. I feel like everything you put on your plate is very colorful. It's very artfully arranged. If you guys don't follow Rachel, I'm going to give you her Instagram at the end of this, but like her Insta is oh. on fire. Um, favorite ice cream flavor? You know, my basic flavor is vanilla, but I will say when I collaborated with Frankie and Joe's on my cookie skillet, we did a RGE cookies and cream and it was to die for. It was to die for. Or, or strawberry. I would do anything for an ice cream sandwich for me I right know. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, Harry Potter, Hunger Games. Harry Potter. Favorite way to eat avocados? On toast. Taylor Swift or Beyonce? Beyonce. Wow, you're the fastest person to ever answer that Really? Question. I don't, I don't I don't know what it is. I don't love TV. Okay. 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 I love them both very much equally. (laughs) Um, Favorite TV show you've been binging or watching during quarantine? Oh, I don't know if Bridger's going to like me sharing this, but he is beyond obsessed with the show, The Challenge on MTV. And we have seen all like 30 seasons of it. And we have gone back. What is it like real world road rules challenge? Yes. Yes, a hundred percent. And I kid you not, we watch it every single night. Oh my God. We've gone back to the archive. We've started from like season one, episode one, and we're coming back. And there's actually a season that's happening now. Oh my God. How funny is that? We have to end on that question. That is the best answer. And Bridger, if you ever need someone to watch it with virtually, I'm happy. Is Karamo on it? Have you seen Karamo recently? No. You know Karamo from Queer Eye? Uh-uh. <gasps> oh, okay. Now, so I like know, when you run out of too. the challenge, watch Queer Eye because it's okay. amazing. But Karamo, one of the guys on Queer Eye, got his start on either Real World or Road Rules, like back in like Philadelphia really? or something. Yeah. And he's just like, he's the he's just like a hot dad. I'm very into Karamo. <laughs> okay. I'll have to switch to that. Okay. Well, I love you so much. Thank you for educating us on all things matcha. I'm about to give everyone a spiel about your brand because it's amazing. So everyone can go out and buy it and start their morning with matcha or have their afternoon with matcha if you will actually sleep unlike myself. (laughs) All right. That's a wrap. I'm about to give everybody the spiel on Rachel's Good Eats by the genius brand matcha. All the things. Everyone's going to go order it. You're the best. Thank you for educating us on all things matcha. I want everyone to try it. And so they can have like a consistent, lovely buzz and be their best selves. Thanks, Gabby. You're the best. Thanks, babe. Love you. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Bye. All right, guys, that's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed all the questions this week and listening to Rachel's story. If you have any questions, be sure to call in. And instead of picking a different company this week to feature, I think we should all just go check out the Genius Brand by Rachel's Good Eats, the matcha with lion's mane and cordyceps. It's bonkers delicious. And I say that because I had some this morning and I think that's probably why I have so much energy because I just feel 
locked and loaded and I am ready to roll. It's really good. Check it out. It's not expensive and it's good quality matcha. All right, that's it for today's What's Gobby Cooking in the Wild. Be sure to tune in for new episodes on Mondays. And if you have any questions you want answered, give us a call at 1-888-338-4429 and leave me a voicemail. Or if you know a super cool small company that you want to be highlighted, let me know in the voicemail as well. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen and follow along with What's Gobby Cooking on Instagram and Twitter. And for more recipes, check out my website, whatscobbycooking.com. See you guys very soon.